What's up, people? Welcome to One Size Fits None. Wow, what did I just say? One Size Fits None. <laughs> and this is... <laughs> This is Austin, <laughs> and I'm uh, joined, as always, by Sweb. and Fair. today we interviewed Corey Ball from Redemption St. Louis. Great interview. He yeah. has so many sticky statements, and yeah. my favorite was towards the end, so you gotta wait. You gotta you gotta go all the way through. We're not so gonna tell him. Wait till the very yeah, end. We're not gonna tell him. you what it is, but it's the best quote of all time. Sweb, you wanna tell him what you loved? Well, so... With the quotes, man, he believes them. He lives them, though. I like that yep. this guy's not just dropping stuff he read in yesterday's book. Um, mm. He's saying he he just is passionate about things. And you know, when you're like passionate, you're flowing, and when you're flowing, you're not stuttering. You're just dropping knowledge, yep. and that's what he's doing. And yep. again, another teaser we can't really tell you now. You just gotta listen. Is Corey has a few reasons why he can basically mail it in and just sit in the recliner for the next three weeks and he's mm-hmm. not doing that he's hustling he's driving and he's just keep he's still building the church so i love it so this this was a real energizing day for me yeah i think one thing to to note before we let you listen to it is Corey's situation is very uh, very specific and yeah. he's going through a divorce right now and that right there should hook you in because as a church planter, you're probably married. You definitely want to listen to this. Yeah. Here's Corey Ball, Redemption St. Louis. Cool. So we got Corey Ball with us today. And uh, Corey, Corey, do you remember college like with me? Do you remember yeah. meeting in college? <laughs> Do you remember college? <laughs> what did y'all yes. do in college? This is going, this is going really well. This is starting off great. If you don't remember great. college, it was either a really great time or no. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I so do you, yeah. do you, okay. He's like, no, actually, I don't remember nope. you at all. Um, of course I do. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Let, me, yeah. let me just, okay, real quick, and then we'll get into the actual interview. Is uh, Corey was my college pastor yep. at yep. Brentwood Church in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is now Waymaker yeah. Church. Yep. And Corey oh. introduced me to Erwin McManus. Yes. And you 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 were like the biggest Erwin McManus fan. Or at least yeah. I didn't know you real well, but from the outside looking in, because every semester we would read an Erwin McManus book. <laughs> Dude, I'm on, I, hey, I'm in that camp too, bro. We're, we're going to Barbados. Uh, yeah, bro, you, you, got me, the, you got me hooked on Erwin. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then uh, Mark Batterson. We did Primal by Mark yeah. Batterson. There you yeah, go. That was good yep. So after yeah. that, though, yeah. I'll give you a quick shout out. After that, I read all of Mark Batterson's books and all of Erwin McManus's <laughs> books. Nice. And every Friday, I'm listening to Battle Ready Podcast. Let's go. So yes. quick shout outs to them because we're yeah. sponsored by them. It's great. <laughs> but, we are now. Hey, yeah. hey, Soul Cravings by Erwin McManus it is like one of the best, like just to go back and contemplate. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's such a great writer. and Yeah, he's good. Anyway. Incredible. That's great. Incredible. Yeah. So, all right, Corey, the, the people on the pod, they want to hear about Corey Ball. So mm-hmm. tell us where you're at now, church. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so first, I'll just say that uh, I grew up in God's country, which is Ohio. I don't know if you guys know that. Half the I know a lot of people laughing. leaving Ohio. So. <laughs> <laughs> Half the people are laughing right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, just the quintessential, like, you know, Midwestern American uh, upbringing. My parents are believers. And so I grew up going, going to church. Uh, church was somewhat like, so somewhat kind of boring uh, to me. But, um, but uh, God saved me when I was 13. Um, I kind of had a crazy life before that. Um, All my friends up until I was 13 are now either most of them are in jail or uh, rehab or dead. Uh, My best friend, he just got 30 years for trafficking fentanyl. And um, so crazy life and and God like legitimately just just ripped me out of that. And it's crazy to see kind of the the pathway of life and the pathway of death that Mm -hmm. I led next to my you know, friends that I left. Um, and so anyway, huge, uh, Buckeyes fan grew up in Ohio, loved Jesus. And, uh, you know, um, and then I, I ended up, uh, yeah, going to, to Virginia, lived there for a while, uh, college, um, led uh, college ministry there and, and got to, uh, to lead 
Austin, which was incredible. Um, he was uh, one of the favorite students for sure. We all loved him. Like all, all the leaders were <laughs> like, sense. we love yes. Austin. He's great. Yeah. So, Everyone does. He didn't yes. even know my name, bro. Get out of here. <laughs> no, yes, they did. Yes, they, yes, they did. Uh, I'm not joking. They were like, it's true. And uh, so anyway, um, then I ended up uh, taking a job in St. Louis, moved to St. Louis. Um, and I've been here for nine years. Um, I worked at a church called The Journey and um, as a student pastor. And then I just uh, planted January 26th of 2020, planted Redemption Community Church. So that's the church plant that I'm over right now. Um, and yeah, it's been, a, it's been an incredible experience. Um, you know, we planted six weeks before COVID hit. And so, um, you know, the future is going to happen no matter what, right? Like things are going to happen, right? And they're, and they're all like unexpected. And, uh, and when you walk into it, you just don't know. But, but uh, so we got shut down for 28 weeks. We were one of the earlier churches that returned. We returned in October uh, in our area. That was like super early. So we took some flack for that for sure. But, hmm. um, uh, you know, we've been, we've been uh, back and uh, we're, yeah, two years in, we, we planted, um, we had 200, just over 200 people, it was like 203 people at our launch. And then wow. uh, we sustained like 110 uh, in the five weeks after that was the average between those five weeks. And now we're like at like 75, um, two, two years later. And so we're uh, Sundays at 5 p.m. And we're like fighting with everything we can to get to a Sunday morning uh, solution, um, which would be a game changer for us. We just had our, our Easter service and we did uh, two Sunday morning services at a church that that uh, had a smaller attendance. Uh, we had 160 people at our Easter. And so, um, you know, uh, Sunday morning is going to be a big change for us, I think, when, when that happens. So we're working on a building yeah. solution right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we skipped, I don't know. We can, no, man, that was great. We skipped way, way ahead, but I I think kind of (laughs) to rewind a little bit, um, would just love to hear how did you decide St. Louis? Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, St. Louis was kind of decided for me. I, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, like we said, I was a college pastor in, in Lynchburg and I was really prideful, um, at that time about, uh, you know, I just thought it was like the hottest thing on the block. And so, uh, our ministry, I don't know if you remember it, but it, we had 29 students at our very first, um, meeting. And within a year and a half, we had like 140 at our largest gathering. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, I thought, well, we're like, you know, I'm the coolest thing in the world and I'm great. Well, listen, like it was like literally a church in the city of the largest Christian university, like in the world. Okay. So like, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, Andy Stanley says you don't have to have, you know, the best hot dogs if you're the only hot dog stand on the block, you know, it's like it was a similar, <laughs> similar thing to that. So people just came, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so what I did was I thought I was doing this noble thing and I was like, Hey, I'm going to resign. Uh, cause I don't want to resign like mid semester. So I'm going to resign in the summer. And so then like we, they can figure out, you know, somebody else for the, cause I'm going to put my application out there. I'm going to put my resumes out there and like, I'm going to be hired at least in two days. And so anyway, so I, I did that. And five and a half years later, uh, I got hired. And, uh, and so for five and a half years, I was in construction sales. I took a job as a director of, um, of sales at a technology company, uh, did several different things, but, um, I, I I didn't get, uh, jobs in ministry at the time. And, uh, so finally, did did that, like, uh, you said you were really prideful. Did that like super humble you? Bro, I almost, uh, gave up on ministry completely. The truth is, so during that time, there were three uh, churches that I was interviewing for. Uh, two of them were six-month um, uh, processes, and one was seven-month uh, that I was walking hmm. through trying to get hired. And uh, all three of them, I was the f- I was the final next to somebody else, and then you know somebody else got chosen over me. And when that final one happened, I was like, I'm done. Like I'm, you know, I'm great in sales, and I'm just gonna like go make a ton of money and like help a church and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not gonna be a you know a pastor or a planter. Wow. And um, yeah, I was done. And so then my wife, her her uh, roommate from college um, and really good friend, she she messaged her. She was like, Hey, I know your your husband is uh, is a student ministry major. He's a youth ministry major, and he's looking for a student pastor position. My church, the Journey in St. Louis is hiring their first student pastor. You should totally have him apply. And 
I wasn't going to apply because I was, because I knew that like, it was like, you know, the church that Darren Patrick was at and it was a big church and all this stuff. And I was like, there's no way they're going to hire me. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to apply, but I did because of the relational thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, her friend's going to be like, well, did he apply? You know? So I did, uh, six months later, um, they told me I didn't get the job. And then I wrote him an email and I was like, actually, you should reconsider. <laughs> this, has been, <laughs> this has been really good between us. And I'll fly myself out there and like, let's spend some more time together. And uh, basically, uh, Darren was like, any guy who has the guts to write that to a, to a, you know, a church of our size or whatever, like we need to get that dude on our staff. So that kind of sealed the deal. Actually, I didn't know that until later he he told me, but um, Mm. so yeah, so then I ended up uh, moving to St. Louis um, out of that. And, uh, and we've, you know, loved living here. Uh, It's been, it's been home, you know, for, for us. How, how long were you on staff at the journey? Exactly five years, June 28th to June 28th for five years. It was crazy how that worked out. Were were you there during the transitions of everything? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I came in and then uh, I was there for, uh, about a year and a half, uh, before Darren left. Um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the subsequent years after that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. And so did you go straight from the, the June 28th, the end June 28th, <laughs> did you go yep. straight from that into <laughs> church planting? Did yeah. they, was that like a part of the plan? I know that church was like a big church planting kind of church, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. was that a part of when you came on or how did that work? Yeah, they really, they really were trying to plant churches and things and, and they were really involved uh, back in the day in Acts 29 and, and just mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff with Darren being the vice president uh, at, at the time. And uh, the way it worked out was really cool, actually. They said, hey, we want to keep you on staff. Um, they didn't have uh, a succession plan. They were, they were interviewing people, but they're like, we don't have anybody yet. Um, I'm someone who's bent on action more than anything else. And so, you know, the hard thing is, uh, they, they really wanted to make sure that I was, um, uh, in, in myself as well, that I was actually doing it, um, in a, in a good way, I guess, like, um, in a way that is wise and, um, and not, you know, too, too quick, whatever. So anyway, I ended up, um, setting a timeline for a year and a half, uh, later to plan. Hmm. So we decided in 2018, um, that we were going to plant in 2020. And, uh, and so what we did was uh, that they, they kind of phased me out of my role. And so they continued to pay my full-time salary, uh, the whole entire time. But they said, Hey, for these months, you're going to give 40 plus hours. Then for these months, you're going to give 30 hours to the journey. Then for these months, you're going to give 20 hours to the journey. And then the rest of your time goes to the church plan, which was incredible. Hmm. Um, and so they really set me up for, um, a comfortable runway to plant the church and I was never without. And then, you know, I raised money and I raised a lot of money. And, uh, so I'm, I'm pretty decent at that. Um, and so there was never an issue, uh, financially with that. And then I transitioned straight to uh, planting redemption. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious cause I've, I don't come from like a mega, I've never worked at a mega church. Yeah. We didn't come from the mega church and like didn't want to do campus pastor, want to church, plant my own church. We didn't, we didn't do any of that. And I know some people that go from mega to church planting. And a lot of times it's like, oh, well, we're just going to start the next mega church and it's Mm going to be mega from day one. So how, how did that work with, with you? Cause you're coming from a large multi-site church. It's gone through some turmoil, of course, but you're coming from that. What was that like, that balance? Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, the, the, the difference more than anything, honestly, was just style between like the journey and, and us. Um, and and yeah, I mean, the size of the church was a thing for sure. But like, the truth is, we were when I came on staff of the journey, we had six locations. Uh, and we were we were trying to start a seventh um, mm-hmm. by the time uh, Darren had left. Um, and then by the time I had left, we were down to five. Uh, now they're down to four. And I believe they're, they're uh, looking to, to separate those churches even uh, in the coming months. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, um, my location, I was at the West County location. We were the second largest. We had on our like on our you know biggest normal day, we had 1,100 people. So it was big, but it wasn't even Brentwood big back back to the church that that uh, Austin and I went to in college. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think like 
the difference is this, that, that everything's so specialized when it comes to a, a large church. Everybody has their lane. They stay in their lane and they perfect their lane. And when you are a church planter, you know, you're, you have to be a master of all things, a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the truth is, I, I, I tell uh, church planters all the time, if you're a church planter and you're listening to the pod and you're thinking like, what should I do to prepare myself to be a church planter? Go be a student pastor. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would say. I, I wouldn't even say be a campus pastor. I don't think that prepares you that much. It prepares you to give announcements and to, you know, to greet people and to, you know, oversee a staff, whatever. But like the reality is if you're a student pastor of a, of a thriving uh, you know, um, student ministry, then like you, you have to learn everything. You have to lead, uh, in a way that you would lead as if you were, you know, at a church plant. And so, um, that was the best preparation for me, but yeah, it was different. Um, and and the other thing is the uh, other reality, just so people know is we, we planted 15 minutes down the road from the journey. And the reason that that was, you know, okay in so many ways is because we were just different. We're so different than they are. And so stylistically. And so, um, yeah. And so it works out, you know? Um, yeah. So I had a question you, you said, or I mean, going through, that's a different church with that kind of unique history. Uh, you know, and how, and you're a pretty open, pretty forward guy. So maybe you'll have a yeah. good insightful answer for this. I'm just curious, yeah. how how did you or did you or is it something you struggle with? Start a church kind of right after that. That's a relatively mm-hmm. close amount of time because there wasn't like this break. I'm going to go take three months off, six months off, two years off and then start. You know, right. how do you right. how do you start a church or move in that direction towards starting a church? Even though I know you kind of gave us a runway, kind of you're telling us that timeline and everything without mm-hmm. taking any sort of baggage. Now, I'm not saying it all has to be bad, by the way. Yeah. I'm just saying like, oh, you know what? Now that I'm in this role, I'm, I tell you, what, I'm not going to do that, that, and that, which are, again, you can take wisdom with you. Mm-hmm. I get that. But a lot of times yeah. it comes out in the negative, like, oh, I'm so glad I'm out of X, Y, and Z. Now, let me just say mm-hmm. up front, because <laughs> I understand what that's like. Um, mm-hmm. And not just from church planning, but just anything else you do, you're like, oh, now, you know, they and they, you know, are, are, are bad yeah. or do this or that. So how do you mm-hmm. battle that? Do you battle that? Is there something that you just kind of learned along the way? Somebody give you insight? Because, and the reason I'm asking that question, because you and I are also similar in the the fact that when we were younger we were awesome <laughs> you know you know like you yeah. said about the, the about the Lynchburg thing you're like dude I'm, I'm the best yeah. student guy ever you know yeah. like Every I can relate to that too yeah, exactly yeah. yeah I know what it's like to be Rumpelstiltskin so I, I want to be like you I know think that's Midas oh no 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 Rumpelstiltskin is it Rumpelstiltskin yeah, he just spins gold, gold. right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so I'm just yeah. marrying all these feelings that I've had before. Yeah. Like, man, I'm th- those guys. I don't know what they're missing or what they missed, or you know. And, and now we can bring that more into my more the adult <laughs> mindset. But still, like, I wonder, did you did you have any of that kind of yeah. you know history? Did you, did you how'd you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think like you know, um, all, all churches have great things about them, and they have they have you know obviously negative things about them, including yeah. redemption. Like we you know we 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 don't uh, you know believe in our own brand enough to believe that we're just the best thing on the block. We're just not, mm. you know, and we have so yeah. many things to grow in. Uh, if you can't name your failures, then there's no way forward. I love, um, you know, uh, mm. I love, uh, uh, Winston Churchill. He said success is, is moving from failure to failure without lo- lo- losing enthusiasm. Mm. And, uh, and then another quote, not to be like quote heavy here, but uh, one of my other favorite quotes is from the Dalai Lama. He said, if you lose, don't lose the lesson. And mm. I think like, you know, uh, one of the things I said, one of the last things I said at uh, the journey was, you know, I was craving to, to kind of grow in some ways and kind of be used in different ways and to be used in my skill set in, in different ways. And, and that just wasn't happening. And so, mm. um, you know, uh, in, in some ways, this is a little, little heavy, but I think it was true. I, I wanted to be led in a way that was developing me in my skills and my strengths. And that wasn't happening mainly because there was just so much turmoil happening, so much transition, there was so much distraction. And, uh, and so what I said, you know, um, one of my last things I said when I left there was, I said, I I wasted my twenties here and I can't waste my thirties. And like, I gotta, I gotta move on. And, um, and so, and, and even that looking back when I said that, like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a waste. There was a lot of things I learned there. But I didn't. I wasn't growing at the expedient rate that I wanted to, and wow. uh, and so I, I don't think that you know uh, there are hard feelings necessarily against the church. I know this: they were put in a really hard position, 
mm-hmm. with the, the the absence of Darren and his leadership. And um, and then there, you know, it, it was uh, I explain it like this. If you guys have seen, uh, which I, I hope you have, if you're uh, American uh, red blooded men, but uh, if you've seen uh, <laughs> Infinity War uh, yeah, at man. the end of it, right? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, I thought for Rocky. sure you were about to say the Patriot Mel Gibson, <laughs> <Yeah>. or <laughs> this man went with the Avengers. <laughs> Uh, man, yeah, the Patriot. That's right. Uh, that's a great movie too. Anyway, so uh, Infinity War at the very end of it, you know, Thanos he gets the glove, he snaps, and all of a sudden, you know, half the population starts to kind of turn into this like weird dust that I guess people are breathing in. It's disgusting. Anyway, so it's like going up in the air, but then it kind of it settles right slowly. It kind of slowly settles. And, and the reality is, I think in the absence of leadership, people wait for the dust to settle and you can't wait for the dust to settle. Things have to happen. You have to move. Like there are still people mm. that are going to hell next to you, your neighbors. You still have to love them. You still have to, you know, and so I, I think in that absence, people were waiting for the dust to settle. And I was going, I can't wait for dust to settle in my life. Like I have wow. to move. I have to go. And um, so uh, negative stuff, you know, um, they're just, they're doing things differently than us. And we actually, to, the, the reality is I've probably sent more people to West County, uh, to the journey West County than I have any other church. Cause I believe mm-hmm. in them. Uh, I think they're doing a great thing, especially now. And uh, they're just, if, if someone's a different brand than us, we just send them over there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, so you, you just talked about turmoil and like you were, you were at the journey during a lot of turmoil, but some of our conversations and just kind of, you know, from afar watching, you were talking about y'all are meeting 5 PM on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Y'all been yeah. doing that for a while. Yep. Um, you know, not to jump in both feet, but you know, you're going through marriage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so I'm just curious if you feel like that turmoil at the journey prepared you for some of, seemingly turmoil that you're currently facing and Mm -hmm. how, how you could kind of communicate and help church planners that are listening to this right now or anybody really know that your past season is going to help you in your next season. If that's right, you learn from it. So, yeah, yeah, that's no, that's, that's incredible. Uh, and I, I think it's, I think it's true. Um, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of turmoil at the journey. Um, a lot of it was handled very well. Like, Hmm. to be honest, um, parts of it, I think there should be books written about how they handled it. I think it was incredible. Other parts, I think there should be books written about how poorly they handled it. Okay. So like, that's just the reality of churches. Like nobody's perfect, you know, and Mm -hmm. and we haven't handled some things, you know, right. Um, But I think uh, so. So to the listeners um, that that are hearing right now, uh, I'm currently going through a divorce. And, um, and so that's uh, awful and really hard uh, for me and for our church as well. Um, But I I haven't done anything to disqualify myself from uh, ministry. And so, you know, kind of take that for for what you will. Um, But, uh, but it doesn't make it any less hard. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a really hard season. And when, when I sat down with my board, uh, at the very beginning, when we were talking about the relationship with, with Britt and I, and we were just saying, Hey, like, you know, what does it look like, um, to move forward as a church? Like, what does it look like? And, uh, and, and one of my board members said, well, you have a decision to make today. You, you can handle things like other churches in the past have handled them that, that you've been around or whatever, and not just the journey, but other churches as well. Uh, or, or you can you, you can handle them in, in a different way. And so, who who are you going to be? Like you decide today what church is your is your church mm. going to be like? And uh, and you know, I think people are not dumb. You know, they're mm. so smart. Like for the most part, when it comes to these kind of things. I do, I do think our IQ in the, in the, in the country is plummeting, but I, I, I also think that they're, <laughs> I, I, not wrong. I mean, can, I, can I get an amen? Not yeah, wrong. Man. That's right. <laughs> but I do think that when it comes to, you know, like things that are organizational issues, like people see through that thin veil so quickly. Um, they, they don't believe uh, half the stuff that people put out when they put out spin. And so, you know, churches, they, they succumb to the sin of spin, right? They're always like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just going to spin it this way and whatever. People see that. They know they, they, they know exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. So we mm-hmm. said, hey, we're going to be transparent. And so the moment that, it, you know, that uh, there were issues in the marriage and, and things things were happening, whatever, we uh, we sent out an email saying, hey, 
we're going through the greatest struggles of our of our marriage, and we're in a winter season right now. And uh, I'm stepping uh, back. I'm not stepping away. I'm going to be here, but I'm stepping back. And uh, and so you know, we were very honest about it, very open, as open as we could be. And then uh, once uh, things progressed and, and we decided that we were divorcing and the reasons why we, were, why we were divorcing, we made those reasons very clear and apparent to the church through a letter. And I read the letter publicly to our church and it was hard and I bawled my eyes out and, hmm. um, and people came up and hugged me afterwards and loved me deeply. But one of the things you know, that I, I learned through the turmoil, I think, at the, at the journey is that if you if there's going to be turmoil, the family has to be prepared for it before it comes. Uh, mm. It's this idea of like you know parenting. Uh, you know you 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 prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. The road is going to be yeah. hard. It's always going to be hard. There's mm. nothing you can do about the road being being hard. And so uh, you know we always say at, at Redemption we share this all the time. Galatians six two uh, says bear each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Like we are a family that bears one another's burdens. Period. And we probably Probably quote that verse once a month. Um, mm. And so when there's turmoil in the family, like people, people pick it up and lift them up. I just had hernia surgery and uh, I was deadlifting in, in the gym. And immediately I like walked up to my buddy and I was like, I put his hand on my stomach, which is weird for dudes to do. Right. Like I'm not pregnant. You, know, you feel it like, kicking? It's kicking. Yeah, you feel it kicking. I know. Like dudes don't do this. But I grabbed his hand and like put it on my stomach and he's looking at me like, what the heck are you doing? And uh, and I was like, that's a hernia, isn't it? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I that's had incredible this. that you don't skip leg day. <laughs> that's right. Don't skip, yeah, don't skip leg day. I've been I've been hitting the gym super hard and uh, it's been good. But uh, so anyway, busted that up in November. And uh, and so then I just had surgery. And guess what? Like my church is like on my grass. Like I haven't cooked in two weeks. You know, it's like. They, and it's not because I'm the pastor. They do this for everybody. It's incredible. Mm. And I don't have to prompt them to. Um, we just bear each other's burdens. We're a family. And so prepare, prepare the child, right, or the mm. church for the road because it's going to be hard. And I think that's what I learned mm. more than anything. So I want to stay in that. I mean, first of all, thanks for being vulnerable and just sharing what you're mm-hmm. sharing. You know, not many people want to do that. You're supposed to give us your highlight yeah. reel and all that kind of stuff. So thank you for, for that. <laughs> um, and... And also, is it is that your quote? I've never heard it put that way. It was brilliant. If you can't name your failures, there's no way forward. Who's, who's that? I just That's great, I just, dude. Yeah, I, well, I say it's, that. Oh, it's freaking strong. Good for you, dude. Yeah, I love it. I don't, and, I don't uh, think I got it from anywhere. No, that's that's really really good, and I also appreciate how you're then you're like you said that, and then now you're doing that, you know, for the last yeah. few mm-hmm. minutes. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's stay in there. I'm just curious operationally, like. Hey, bury each other's burdens, people mow my yard. That you said that really mm-hmm. quick. I'm just curious, kind of maybe some other operational things. When you said, Hey, I gotta kind of scale back a little bit. Now, yeah, I know the, the obvious thing. I mean, I understand you're not running a TV ministry, you know, 12 campuses and all that, but your job is still to be a pastor at any level, still some effort. There's still some things you have to do. I get that. Yeah. So what kind of operationally, how how did you or are you still covering yeah. those bases? Did you step off stage for six weeks? Did you have people come in and preach for you? You know, mm-hmm. what is what does that look like ongoing from a more tactical standpoint? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, like preparing the the child for the road. I mean, like our church, our church was prepared for this. And, and uh, back when I was a, in, in a student ministry, um, my first goal was to, uh, as soon as possible, to leave a Sunday night, we met on Sunday nights, to leave a Sunday night, to, to be out of town and have it completely run without me. Um, mm-hmm. And that was my very first goal. And, cool. uh, and the reason is because I think that any ministry that's built around one person, I've seen it, it can crumble. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so similar thing at, at, at Redemption. So I just, you know, hey, as, as quickly as possible, I want to start putting people who are capable. Like, mm. don't, don't, you know, again, like, don't, you know, don't be, you know, buy your own, your own uh, hype that like you think you're the greatest thing in the world. I mean, the reality is there are people in our church who communicate to thousands of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, through Edward Jones or through, you know, like Centene or some other big corporation or whatever, like they do. I mean, they're so capable. And so, so uh, in, in many ways, how can we use, utilize them? Well, in our case, we actually have five ex-pastors that go to our church. Mm, cool. Um, and so we started platforming them early on. Um, mm. Casey, one of our, one of our uh, people, she, she was a, um, uh, she, she led, she led an organization uh, called Mecklenburg, Institute in uh, North Carolina. She led their she led their uh, Mech Institute. So it was like all their classes and stuff like that. And so we got her, you know, speaking early on, and a couple other people. And so 
when it came time for me to step away, uh, my board, first of all, said, hey, we will take care of it. You don't have to worry about anything. You literally step away. So uh, mm-hmm. so stuff came out in December. So it was December, January, and February, I didn't really do anything. Uh, I just mm-hmm. you know, sat alone in my basement and cried with you know, tissues. <laughs> so yeah, that's all yeah. I did, you know, yeah. and, uh, and went to therapy. And, um, you know, I was like Job with friends around me who mm-hmm. just sat there and were, were present. And um, and it was super hard and, uh, you know, still healing from that and a lot of grief and whatever, but, but, uh, they took care of it. And so they, they got a preaching schedule going, they got the sermon series going, they got all these things going and I didn't, I didn't do anything. And then yeah. M- March, uh, April, uh, and May, I preached twice a month. Um, and then I have a care team right now that's, uh, based off of, uh, just two therapists, um, my board and uh, a mentor and then a good friend and they have come come together with a, a whole list of things that I got to do um, mm-hmm. to kind of just be in, in a good place uh, one of those things is I only preach once a month right now so yeah. that's what I'm doing uh, currently and um, yeah I mean all that stuff though I, I just think I, I have friends who are church planters and I've seen uh, some church plants and it's so centered around one person if this were to happen to many plants, um, they wouldn't survive because there's nothing else, you know, uh, yeah. other than that person. Yeah. They can even that's take right. a vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So <laughs> and that's you're, a problem. You're, yeah, it's a problem. So if you're a planter, you really got to build that around you, you know, as, as a safety structure. That's good. I like so that. you mentioned that your board stepped in mm-hmm. and helped a lot. So I got I, yeah. two two questions on that is – uh, one, is that board in-house? Is that a board that was like a part, like when you first started of other pastors yeah. outside of the church? Um, and then two, was there, were there, t- I'm, I'm sure there were, but were there times heavier than others where you were like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Mm. And mm-hmm. you just, and, and, and did your board pull you back? Was, were there friends that pulled yeah. you back? Like the importance of, Cause I know a lot of church planters that don't really have friends, you know, that's been mm-hmm, me mm-hmm, b- before, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. no real friends, just like, yep. you know, just grinding. And yeah. so I'm just curious how, how like you got pulled back in to now preaching every month and, you know, going through this terrible season. How, how did that, yeah. that happen? Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, um, what you're saying about friends, I just want to hit on that real quick, uh, before I even get into the, to the other stuff. You know, if you're if you're a planter, I think it's it's it can be really hard to have friends. And um, if you're if you're a leader, it can be really hard. Uh, when I was when I get, got to read the second letter to our church, uh, before I even started reading, and I was already crying. I said one of the hardest things I said. I said this is the loneliest time, season of my life, and um, leading a church is lonely. It doesn't have to be, but it often is. And, uh, and I was quick to say to my congregation, like, that's not your fault. You guys have been incredible, but, uh, it doesn't take away the fact that like, this has been really lonely because there's certain things as leaders, we just can't, we hold, we just, I mean, like, uh, August 12th of 2021, um, I, I took a gun out of my neighbor's hand before he killed himself. It's the craziest thing about one of the craziest moments of my life. Wow. And I'm holding this, like, you know, uh, this weight, and, you know, people are con- confessing affairs to me and all these things. And it's like, you, you have nobody to talk to about this stuff. And so, um, and therapy is expensive, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, but, um, so if you're lonely, like, um, you know, work hard to get uh, friends around you, mentors. I think the the best thing for you to do if you're uh, planting is to, Find available mentors who are down the road from you, not down the road necessarily proximity wise, but in, in, in experience and really lean on them. So that's what I did. I mean, my board has been incredible for me and through this hard time. Uh, yeah, they, there were, there was a time, um, where I just believe that, Hey, if I, if I trade the church in, if I, if I resign, um, and you know, at that point the church would most likely crumble. They're not, you know, they're not going to survive that. But if I resign, then, um, maybe I can save my marriage. Mm. And, uh, and that just wasn't true. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't true. There was, uh, there were so many things at play. I knew that wasn't true. 
Um, but you know, actually what's interesting is my board was like, Hey, if you believe that's the truth, then, then we're, we're okay with it. If you want to, mm-hmm. you know, go, go move to California or whatever, you know, and just get away from things and, and have a new start. Like we, we support that. Um, and God will build his church. And by them saying that, I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we, we just forget again. Like we think we're the only building block to the church. It's like, no, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone period. And so, um, and you know, uh, Tertullian, he said the death of the martyrs is the seat of the church. And I think, I think it's also a true thing when it comes to church. If, if a church dies, um, and sometimes they should die in some ways, the local expression, not the overall, it'll never die on the overall, but the local expression, if the local expression of that church dies, there are seeds that go out to all these other churches and all these other communities that are then building the, the kingdom of God still in those places. And mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. I think we just need a more gospel centric, like uh, heavenly perspective, kingdom perspective of church growth and church death. Um, and uh, so, yeah, but my, my board really came around me. My friends came around me and uh, they, they, they pulled me out of, you know, some dark times uh, for sure. What, Cause it was hard. What hmm. is, you, you just kind of glossed over this, a gospel centric view yeah. of growth in the church. What, in, in your opinion, what is, what is that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we're kind of going through it right now, uh, which is really interesting. This might spring us into another conversation. But um, when, when, we, when we first started, you know, our, our the community that we're in is, is uh, I, Swab and I have joked about this, but it's, 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 it's unique in some ways mm-hmm. around the area. So it's uh, 27,000 people, uh, 23% of them uh, would claim Catholicism. But if you went to a, a barbecue, uh, 85 to 90% are going to say that, you know, they belong to St. Pete's, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're St. Peter's people, right? They're Catholic. Um, <laughs> and if you're not Catholic, you're Lutheran. Okay. So like an expression like us, uh, a, a, you know, non-denominational low church, you know, type of thing that's, we don't have incense, you know, but we do have communion every week. Uh, but like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's all these things that are different. Um, uh, we, we're, we're unique, but what's happening is this, that we planted in, in, in Kirkwood and, um, because we couldn't get back into Kirkwood, uh, we had to get out of Kirkwood, um, because of COVID, uh, we couldn't get back into the schools and then there was nothing available for us otherwise. And so we ended up, um, uh, moving to a place called the pair, which is adjacent to Kirkwood two minutes down the road. Then we moved to now we're at a place, um, uh, called sunset Hills. Again, it's literally right across the highway. Um, but we haven't been in Kirkwood for a while. So I think a gospel centric, uh, idea of, of church growth and whatever looks like this, that a couple weeks ago, I gave just, just kind of a vision to our church. And I said, here's the deal. If, if we are not, um, uh, ministering to the community that we were called to, uh, initially, like, is that bad? Is that wrong? Is that anti-gospel? Well, Paul, Paul's, you know, he, he, he's trying to go to one place, right? Macedonia is like, hey, will you come here, right? And and it says that the Holy Spirit stopped him from going where he wanted to go, prevented him. Like the spirit of Jesus right. prevented him. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, found in that story is the gospel-centric idea of, uh, of church growth, that Jesus does it. Like he takes care of it. He moves it. He grows it. Um, he, he, he prevents it. If, if it's prevented for some reason, he prevents it. Um, I think that's a biblical thing too, that there are times where he prevents it. And so, um, it's not up to us. Like we work as if it's up to us and there better be excellence in your church. You better greet people with excellence. You better, all these things. Um, that's not an excuse for you to not do that, but, um, but it has to be biblically centered. And so, uh, there's a lot of prayer that goes into it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, God, what do you, what do you want? And, and, and not bless what we do, but, but show us what you want and, and, and we'll, you know, we'll work toward it. Um, so I think that's a gospel centric idea. And anytime that we, you know, I, I, there's a planter here, he's no longer a planter, but, um, I met him one time and he said, well, this is what I'm going to do. And blah, blah, blah. And he kind of went through it. And, uh, and I asked him a couple questions about, you know, like just biblically, what do you think about that? And, there was no real answers. And I, and, and, uh, and I think that's when churches stumble, you know, when it's, it's all them, it's entrepreneurial only. Uh, but if Jesus isn't the CEO, it's not going to work. Yes. Mm. Hmm. Wow. All right. So, um, you launched January of 2020 and sounds like you definitely lost your facility when yeah. the pandemic hit. Yeah. Also, before we get into that, uh, you just keep on just like throwing out quotes. Do you have quotes written down next to you or no, but I He's have the wordsmith. I have, do you, do you, how much do you read? How many books do you read in a given month? 
uh, right, uh, mm, like five to six. I'm re- reading three right now. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. you don't do the Driscoll a book a day? Uh, he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's a liar i'm just i mean Book a day. like driscoll i actually love some things that driscoll says i think he's a great communicator oh, so i think he's a good leader but he, he lied about that so and uh, hey. no i don't do it i don't do a book a day but i have uh i i give everybody uh this do you remember kevin mahan are you From, talking uh, to me yeah no Okay, so he was he was a pastor at at uh, uh, Brownwood. Anyway, when we were there, but um, I give every single person that I lead, I, I give them a little a little journal, and then I typically make them a leather cover for it because I do leather work, and um, and then I say, hey, uh, you any any uh, quote that you hear that is just wise, write it down, because uh, mm. here's the deal: you, you actually might go uh, if you're reading, it's different, but if you're just like not reading and you're just you know watching the news and listening to people talk, you might go two weeks without hearing the wise nugget, That's because right. again, there's just foolishness abroad, right? Mm. So uh, I write it all down and, and that and just dwell on it. You know. Hang on, let's go back. Did you did you hear what else he just said? Cause I do leather work. I like how you just like. <laughs> yeah, um, just, oh, yeah, he yeah. just kind of fits that in. I actually yeah. forgot that part until you said that. Let's well, now, now, give us a minute. Give us a minute. Okay, wait. Say that again. What is it? Leather leather is my website. Uh, everything's out of stock right now, just because I'm like in this turmoil time, and so sure. I'm kind of slowing down. And I have a bunch of other orders that I'm working on and collaborations, but you can see some of my work that uh, there. And if you want something, just uh, shoot me. You know, shoot me an email, whatever, and uh, let me know. I'll, I'll make Listen, it. man, we got we got songwriters and we got some <laughs> sort of like videographers. We got everybody with their little side hustle and homeboys over yeah. here just manipulating leather. Good leather. for you, man. Yep. You're, yep. you're tougher. Awesome. I, bet, I bet your hands are just amazing, bro. I, I feel like such a loser right now because like I take notes <laughs> notes on my phone. I don't know how to make anything. <laughs> this guy's over here, leather, writing it out with a feather pen. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> Golly. All right. So your church shut down. Um, yeah. what a great time to launch a church. <laughs> yeah, so, so my gosh. Um, yep. so we launched in September of 2020 September, yeah, after right. it happened. So it was yeah. like the world was kind of used to COVID. I mean, it was yeah. still in the pandemic, but you launch before you get yeah. six weeks of, if you're like most church plants, just downward growth mm-hmm. and, <laughs> yep. and then you have to shut down. Yeah. So man, what in the world did you do? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, we basically, our staff was like, yeah, what do we do? And I was like, we just continue to do what we always do, except we don't do it physically. And so we had at the time, we, we, we had a really strong digital expression of uh, already we, we had it going. Um, and we're, we're rethinking that actually right now, we just stopped our digital, um, like our, our online church. We just stopped that uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And so we, uh, we're going to be going a different route with that for this season, uh, only, only for a season, not for forever. Um, but at the time though, we had, we, we had weekly, uh, digital, you know, two cameras, like it was looking good and whatnot. And so we, I said, so we just, we just continue this, but we do it, uh, you know, in, in, uh, you know, just my, my basement is what we did. So we set up a recording studio in my basement. We started, uh, recording sermons there and things like that. We had special, uh, music and, and whatnot, which is always kind of weird. You know, everybody's trying to figure that out. And it's like, nobody's saying, nobody is with their, you know, their husband, like say, wife singing in their basement or whatever, <laughs> listening to some worship song on, on digital church. Lift your but hands, everyone. Yeah, it just doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work, which, you know, I think, I think goes to show that like, you know, we're just physical people. We want to be, you know, close to each yeah. other. And that's how it is. But Hey, can I ask you a question on that, Corey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, y'all, did y'all pre-record? Uh, we didn't. Uh, oh, okay. uh, we, we didn't, um, we didn't when we were live. We did though, when we were, uh, when we were um, through COVID those 28 weeks, we did pre-record them. Okay. Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, every week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. It's super right. weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Why, why do you ask if I watched it? But just because like we, we did like one or two of those and yeah. I didn't, I mean, like I started to watch it. I was like, this is boring. I'm going to go watch Elevation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He's telling on himself so, now. Uh, you know what? We tied the heart and soul and watched Elevation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and a million others. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and the reason that we actually just shut down our digital church is because 
uh, back in COVID, I mean, we had like no joke for the the longest you could, you could measure. It was like a minute or whatever, you know, right. So we had like a hundred plus people every single week that was, that was watching us. Uh, sometimes we were up, you know, around like 150, 180. Um, now a uh, one plus minute view, it's like two. It's like my dad and somebody else. I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, so it just, it just doesn't accomplish that. <laughs> it's my dad. And dad uh, is on like three different computers at once. Like, <laughs> <laughs> iPhone, <laughs> iPad. Yeah. Shout out pops. Uh, thanks James. You know? Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it was one of those, uh, one of those deals that, uh, it just, it's not fulfilling the purpose that, that we're in right now. So uh, mm-hmm. we're shutting down, but during COVID, uh, we, we did our best to really reach out to our people and, um, and so we called them a lot. We prayed, prayed for them. Um, we, we, we did a ton of like drop off things. And so, uh, if we were in a series and there was like, uh, like one of the books we gave out was how good is good enough by any Stanley incredible book. You haven't read it. Mm. Um, and so we, you know, you can buy like, they're all awesome. Cause it's like, uh, a, you know, batch of 10 for like 15 bucks, whatever. So we, uh, dropped off like those in like, uh, some, you know, some goodies and stuff to like all of our, so, so our staff, we delivered at the time there were 230 uh, families um, that were connected to redemption. And I mean, we had 110 people each week, but you know how church church attendance works. They come twice a month or once a month. Mm -hmm. Right. So we had 230 different unique families at the time that were connected to redemption. And so we just blessed them with stuff and we stayed really connected to them. Um, And uh, yeah, we continued that. And then when we, when we came back, it was, uh, it was so interesting because you know, mass mandates were still in. Um, we lost a couple of people because they were like, if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, mandate mass, then I'm out. And I was like, then you're out. Uh, because it's like actually the, the, you know, the government, uh, mm. law and we don't want to get shut down or fine. So sorry. So we lost some people there. That was hard. You know, everybody had to lead through those things. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we made it through. Cool. Wow. Um, so you you got through. I heard a quote from a guy named Brad Hampton. He he'll be on this podcast too. And he basically told us before we launched. He said, "There's people that love pre-launch phase and the entrepreneurial mm. startup. And then there's people who love post-launch phase, the pastoral, you know, let me care for you kind of phase." I feel like yeah. when you go through what you went through, there's there's three phases now. There's mm-hmm. the pre-launch. There's the COVID. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what, what the crap are we doing? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's post-launch. So yep. I'm just curious which of those you've enjoyed the most and wh- which one you think you're best at. Yeah, pre-launch was awful. It was it was terrible. Pre-launch is like it, pre-launch is an administration uh and systems rush to the finish mm-hmm. line. And um I, you know, systems are are hard for me. I, I don't think uh, uh linearly naturally. Um I'm not that guy. Um and I'm awful with admin, right? As most mm-hmm. church planters are. And so it was yeah. it was hard. Um and so that was a rush uh to, to get there. I, I think I actually did it well, uh pretty well, but uh it, I could have done much better if we had, you know, a couple specialists like kind of around us that uh were able to 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 lean into that. Um and then uh the other two phases you were saying is like define those again. So like there's well, the, the new, COVID, I feel like there's a new COVID phase oh, yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah, okay. you, you either, you loved it or yeah. you hated it or you just yeah. trudged through it. Yeah. And then there's just post-launch, like what we're at now, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the COVID phase was brutal just because, uh, you know, we were, it's hard to be, it's hard to be, um, present with people when you're only on the phone and things like that. And some mm-hmm. people, you know, we, like we've had some hard, we had some hard things during COVID and, you know, if this person wants to talk for an hour and a half. Uh, it's a car to get them off the phone, you know, and, and you got to love them. And it's like, you know, they're, they're this, you know, EGR, some extra grace required people. And so, uh, that was hard. And, uh, but we, we got through that. Um, and everything felt pseudo, right? Like all the connection, it just felt, you know, it's like halfway there and, uh, it was hard. And then, uh, so then post COVID has been great for us. Uh, it's, it's hard. Uh, also they're all hard uh, in their own unique ways, but it's been so good to be back with people and to be able to invite people uh, to a physical expression of the church. And I think, you know, where redemption flourishes, where, where our church just, just really shines is loving people uh, up close in person. And, um, and so when you, it's really hard to do that digitally. Uh, and so people feel the love when they come. 
um, the the best thing that that we hear, I, I almost every time when we talk to a new person who comes, they go, "I've never been greeted so warmly by a church," and it, mm. and it wasn't creepy, because like <laughs> how many churches like they they yeah. do it and they do it they do it quote unquote well, they're right. smothering and they're like, "Hey, stand up during mm-hmm. you know, do you have any friends? Stand up, you know." It's like none of that. Right. So like, can you, can you love somebody without giving them cringe? And uh, I think that's what we're working on and, and we're doing well at that. That's great. <laughs> that's a good quote. <laughs> yeah. Can you love somebody without giving them cringe. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, oh, and also let, let me say this, like uh, another thing that we're really, we're really strong at. And I think we really work hard at is, is just outreach. Um, it's taking a different, it's taking a different like expression in, in each one of these places um you know pre pre covid it was a lot of a lot of parties and uh we, we had pool it was summertime and so we had a lot of people in our church with pools and we had pool parties all the time and we had a lot of people just hanging out it was great um, you all have like a block party trailer or something right yeah 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 so i'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that at the post covid so the, so then the, the mid covid uh was we had to find ways to get like to love people up close and that was really hard right so one of the ways that we did it is is we did this thing called add to the tab and basically we we opened up a tab at uh, at this place mission taco and we, we we put you know a good chunk of money down and then we tweeted out and like facebooked out and instagrammed out whatever uh, tiktoked out you know tiktok wasn't out then but we got a lot out to say like hey uh, we want you to add to this tab. So call them hmm. and say, Hey, this is my credit card number. This is my debit card, you know, whatever. I want to add 20 bucks to the tab. And the tab hmm. just kept growing. And it was crazy. And the reason we did it is we said, Hey, all the, uh, industry workers of like restaurant, like everybody was doing everything for like, you know, the, the frontline workers, they were taking care of nurses and things it was really cool. But, uh, the, the industry workers of, of, uh, you know, restaurants, they weren't, they, they, they were hurting. And so, hmm. Uh, we specifically said, if you, if you are a server, a cook, uh, you know, someone who works at a restaurant, like go there for a free meal for your whole family. We don't care what it is. And the tab grew into the thousands, you know, and, um, and it actually was so big, uh, wow. two news stations picked up on it, which was really cool. And they interviewed, uh, interviewed me for it and talked about it. And it was on primetime news and all this stuff, which was just, it was just great. Yeah, so that's kind of how we did it mid-COVID. We did things like that. And then post-COVID, we said, hey, we got to get people together. We, we got to get them over the fear, the phobia. I mean, I still see, see people driving down the road alone in their stinking cars with a mask on. I'm like, guys, come yeah. on. Like, yeah, right. y'all are killing me. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> this is driving me insane. Um, I, anyway, you better have a lot of comorbidities <laughs> okay. oh, uh, if you're doing that. Um, so, we're getting uh, flagged right now. On we're definitely getting flagged. Yeah. Yeah. Zuckerberg's so mad. We're gonna have to cut that. Yeah. So um, anyway, post COVID, what we did was we we, we brought the uh, idea uh, to, together of like, hey, we 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 gotta we gotta facilitate um, you know some sort of connection. The problem is we don't have a building or any mm-hmm. facility to do this in, and uh, and even if we did, it's not our style to just bring people to the church. We want to go to the people, and so we said, okay, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take a trailer. We're gonna pump it full of everything you need to just throw a killer block party. And so we have inflatables in there. This huge grill. We have a shrimp boil uh, pot. We have like tables, chairs, surround sound system. All these things. Uh, backyard inflatable movie screen and 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 all this stuff. And so. Um, basically our people just signed up for it. and our goal was to throw 15 block parties uh last summer which there aren't 15 uh weekends in the summer right so yeah. that means that we were going to double up and there's gonna be some fridays and some saturdays and uh, we ended up getting 12 uh, our scoreboard uh, was 15 we got 12 so we failed but we were close you know we were real close <laughs> and uh and it was it was incredible i mean we had uh, some of our block parties had 150 people at them um and mm. uh it was it was amazing and so people always said this they said who like who are these people? Oh, because we also did this. The people who were hosting the block party, uh, they didn't do anything. Somebody else from the church, like we all showed up and we served mm. them so that they could just be with their neighbors. Like the host needs to be freed up to go like meet yeah, their neighbors. The goal right. was for them to be connected to their people. And so you know we ran the grills, the, the grills. We ran the block parties. We were, we, we ran all those things, uh, the, the the bounce houses. And people said, uh, who are these people? And where, where did you get this stuff? They go, oh, it's hmm. from our church redemption. Like you should come check it out. Um, and so it's been, uh, it's been an incredible way to outreach now, uh, post, you know, um, kind of go through this divorce. 
it takes on a different role as well because I don't have the same output in the season mm. that I did then. Yeah. And so we just had our quarterly staff meeting and we're like, you know, what does this look like? And so we have eight uh, pool parties over the, over the summer, uh, four different families who have some killer pools, backyard setups. Uh, they're hosting, uh, each of them are hosting two of them. Like one is this Sunday, we're doing a crawfish boil. Uh, we have 45 people coming mm -hmm. to this. It's a crawfish boil and a, and a pool party together. And the goal of these is to invite, uh, you know, people that don't go to redemption. And then uh, we're, we also in the, in the fall, uh, we have five different small outreach events. Uh, one is like a puzzle night. And so it's a puzzle competition. Uh, it's like teams of three people. We got puzzles made on collage.com, uh, shout out, of like uh, an, an actual collage of our church and all yeah. these photos and stuff. And it just says redemption on it, whatever. And so uh, they're, they're, they're these teams, they're going to you know compete. And then whoever wins, they get a gas gift card because that's that's – gold today except for sweat because right. it's going oh. to tesla but uh <laughs> so so it just looks different you know we're doing we're yeah. doing things like that um that we're trying to connect with people in a more intimate way um and uh that takes less pressure or you know yeah less pressure on me puts, puts less pressure on me dude hey um we're gonna start to wind down here in a second but i just want to say i love i love how we went through this entire like last almost hour and we're talking about the things of, of relationship connection, the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a whole lot of, here's what we're driving towards and going to be one day. I love how you're just stepping yeah. in to the, the, yeah. the step in front of you, the day in front of you, mm -hmm. the moment by moment kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. you're doing it with enthusiasm. And I know our listeners yeah. can't see your face, but your eyes are open. You're lit up kind of like, Hey, let's go, you know, and you yeah. kind of, you know, it, it, you know, and our, our previous guests have been fine. And I know there's a lot of people out there that feel this way too. Sure. But I feel like you just kind of maybe the next step up of like, I just believe everything I'm smoking here. And I, I just appreciate yeah. that. And yeah. it's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. And I love, I love this entire podcast, not just the one with you, but this entire thing that Austin and I are, you know, these conversations we're having, cause it's, it's not one way to do things and not mm -hmm. every one of these interviews line up. You know, some people were real tactical and, and seeing, you know, how they went from X to Y to Z and, and got to this number and that number. But Anyway, I just really appreciated this conversation today because you've been real vulnerable. Um, yeah. But right after that, here's what I'm still doing to be obedient or here's what I'm still doing to to live life with enthusiasm and go do right. what I can do. So I appreciate yeah. all that. Um, now, let me – so put a pin in that one for a second. I have this thought. I don't know if, Corey, if you and I have ever talked about this, but I have this thought and general idea of term limits, <laughs> not just for Congress, mm -hmm. but like – you know, in general for, you know, leaders, yeah. I feel like a lot of people come into this pastoral role as a lead pastor or whatever and say, Hey, for 50 years, I'm going to be here. Yeah. And so, some people, old people I've met before, like I'm going to die in the pulpit. Like, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. And maybe that's, maybe that's not a problem. But my point is, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess I'm just saying, let me, let me just say that to make a provocative statement there and see, see what, who that should be. <laughs> but then coming out, of, coming out of that, here's my question. Coming out of that, here's my question. Like, what is, what is, uh, what's 10 years from now look like for you? You know, yeah. you've been, you, you've seen some things, you've done some things, you've lived in different states. You were awesome, mm -hmm. but then you did construction for five years when you found out you weren't as awesome as you thought. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you come back and you move over to there and you go through this, like, you know, church transition of like, well, that, that kind of sucked. And then you're, mm -hmm. you're leading your church, but then you go through your own version of suck. And, yeah. but, but all the while, I feel like you've been successful in the place of, mm -hmm. Failure to failure, failure to failure with enthusiasm, like you were quoting mm -hmm. Churchill earlier. I feel like yeah. you're a good example of that. And so if you had a crystal ball, if you had some sort of desire and you could write your own ticket, I'm just curious, have you thought about beyond redemption or beyond 2028 oh, yeah. or something? I'm just curious kind of what you feel like exists out there for you, what you might be driving at. Yeah, totally. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, we're kind of working on right now is like, is this building transition. And uh, it's hard because it was uh, all looking, you know, uh, Gucci until uh, mm -hmm. Divorce City came and uh, yeah. it kind of got paused and shut down. Um, and the key holders to that are not uh, away from the table. They're, they're willing to step back at the table and actually gift mm -hmm. uh, building over, uh, which would be incredible. And, uh, and then we would do a you know, renovation of the building and whatnot. But uh, my, my thought right now is this, that, that we want to move into a, 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 a community. And wherever that is, it's hard because when you're, when you're just portable, and you kind of go from portable to portable. We've already been in three locations yeah. in two and a half years. It's hard to like uh, love, uh, you know, in one community um, well. I think 
I think uh, success is is going in the same direction um, and mm. being obedient in the same direction for uh, you know just showing up for for every day for a long time. And our schools need us to show up. Our neighbors need us to show up. And it's hard when our school systems and our neighbors change because we change. Uh, and mm. so we're we're looking for you know this one place that, that we can really call our own. The goal is that we would get into this uh, building uh, within the next year or so, and uh, we'd raise raise money, which we pretty much have close to the money that we would need in some ways, raise money to renovate the, the building uh, as a phase one. Uh, phase two would be then in three to four years, we would renovate that uh, building a second time, but actually turn it into an event center um, mm. and uh, and then build a church, a new church on the back part of the property is, is the goal. Um, because I believe that uh, churches need to be a little more strategic about uh, uh, finances, be a little more savvy, yeah. right? Like the sons of Issachar, they, 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 yeah. they understood the times and they led Israel uh, forward. And I think if we're just going to depend on the giving of our people, even though our giving is actually really incredible, shout out to redemption, keep, keep giving. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we're always going to depend on the giving of our people, I think uh, in some ways that might fail us at some point. So we want to uh, actually put together like an event center, a business um, that is going to be in some ways a connection to the church, but also uh, funnels money back into the church. And uh, um, I pitched this to some friends who are uh, running our capital campaign and they're like, Hey, can you meet us in Dayton, Ohio in uh, two weeks? I said, yeah, totally. So we go out to Southbrook church in, in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, they're doing this. It's incredible. A million and a half dollars goes back to the church every year from this business idea. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're like, we're, we're working toward, uh, that, uh, I, I don't see myself leaving redemption in, um, you know, I have, well, one of my best friends, Bill, he's out in, out in Phoenix and, and uh, probably once a week or once every other week, he's like, bro, I know you love Arizona. And like, there's a lot of people out here that you would totally vibe with. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, vibe is tribe. So like, come on out, you know, like chill. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, just, just, just come, you know, live, uh, live with us for a while. If you need to with him, Megan, like, you know, we'll figure it out. Right. And, uh, and I keep telling him like, dude, redemption is my heart. Like, I love this church. I'm not leaving. Cool. And, uh, yeah. and so, yeah, there are term limits. And I think like, if God ever calls me out, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely be quick to quick to move. Um, but, uh, at this point, I think he's given me a vision forward. And I think for so many pastors, I think we need to hear this, that like, uh, when the vision dries up, maybe your time has dried up. And, mm-hmm. uh, and for me, the, you know, the vision is, uh, it's a well, it's a, it's a fountain springing out. And so we want to, you know, keep, keep moving forward with that. Dude, I was going to say, Hey, do you have a last word? Do you want to challenge everybody? But that was it. <laughs> that was yeah. real, real helpful. Dude, man. unless you've got something you want to throw at us, man, that was really, really helpful and encouraging and insightful. And of course, full of sticky quotes. And I want to buy leather now. And like today was just really, really good conversation, man. The, I really the best, appreciate The best on. quote though was vibe is tribe. Vibe is tribe. It's my next tattoo tribe. under my arm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> In Hebrew. Um, <laughs> Underneath live, laugh, love, right? That's right. <laughs> or, or, or carpe diem. You know? That one's on my wrist right here. In, uh, Lauren yeah, Nagel font. Dude, all right. We're, this is off the rails. This is terrible. Dude, Corey, thanks so much. We'll put all the contact info and show notes and all the things. But dude, appreciate you much, man. Love you. And uh, anything you can do for you, let us know. Thank you, guys.